Welcome back to Down for the Count, ladies and gents. I am one third of your host, Tiffany Ean, on behalf of my counterparts, Alexis and Nicole. We'd like to welcome you back to our show. So I was going to make Slammiversary its own review episode, but it was a very short but detailed review so I was able to piece everything together. So in this episode you're going to get a review of Impact Slammiversary the um, WWE's 90 day clause is up or 30 day clause I believe it is of all the wrestlers who were released during the Wednesday blackout release and Gallows and Anderson spoke out about their time in WWE, what happened, why they are not working with AEW, why they went with Impact and everything that you need to know from the Saudi show debacle all the way down to their signing with Impact. So you guys get to hear all of that and all that info in there as well. We also cover NWA Power and their big taking baby steps towards um, their comeback to YouTube and of course we talk about the WWE Network and how it is deciding to add content in terms of independent wrestling. And we also touch on the Jay Lethal allegations and the Alley Cat situation. And unfortunately, we do talk about Joey Ryan a smidge. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode of Down for the Count. We'll see you guys in there. Really good pay-per-view. So Nicole, what happened? Um, a lot actually happened, so, um, I think it was a first match, um, one of the first matches was, um, a gauntlet, women's gauntlet, to be the number one contender for, um, the Impact Women's Champion, and it ended up getting, um, Kylie Ray end up winning it. Oh, good for Kylie. And her bow was just, it was a really, it had, it was a little to be, it was a good pay-per-view. This was the worst match only because it does, it was one of those things. And that was the problem that I had with the second, um, women's battle on second Royal Rumble for WWE, the women's one. It was just, there was too much time when there was too many people in the ring not doing nothing. Mm. So it was just like, it was just like a mess. But besides that, once it started like dying down a bit, um, Kylie Ray ended up picking up the win. Good for her and her bow. They did a good job that night. Um, <laughs> But I will, before this, it was the Rascals open um, issued an open challenge, and the Motor City, uh, Motor City Machine Guns popped up. Super huge surprise. Um, they did really good. Um, the Motor um, City Machine Guns beat them. It was a really good match. That was a really good first match. I don't know how I forgot that was the first match. Second one, I'm not going to touch on this much longer. Tommy Dreamer had a fight the TNA um, World Heavyweight Champion um, Deer Moose or fuck his name is, fuck him um, Tommy lost so it was just like whatever, it was a weird match I, and it was like okay, um, it was just like it took me out because I didn't want to watch anything with Moose um, 
And then we had the Expedition um, Division Championship, which I was like, I really liked this match, and it kind of sucked because it was like one of those matches like you like both, you really like both people. And um, they put on a really, 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 really good match, and Chris Bay ended up picking up the win. So this was the first, um, first title change that happened throughout the evening. Um, Chris Bay 100% deserves this. I think he's super talented. He has all the charisma in the world. I think he's going to really do something with this um, championship that Willie Mack was also doing really great with. I think it was, it's been a really good um, transition of power pretty much. So I'm just glad that happened. Um, also, um, it's Heath Miller, not Heath Slater. Heath Slater ended up popping up. Yay! Popping up. Um, it was just, he was really good. It was, it was just, just dope. It was just good to see him. So he was one of the first um, pop-ups of the night. Um, this was the weirdest match of the night. It was Shamrock and Callahan versus the North. It was a good match. It was just so weird. At Shamrock and Callahan, we're been have we're tagging together. I've been very behind on Impact TV. No offense to Impact, but because it comes on a Tuesday, for some reason it doesn't register to me anymore. So it's like I'll just be sitting at home and I don't realize Impact is on until it's like eleven o'clock at night, and it's already obviously off by that time. On that access thing, and a lot of people can't get literally can't get access to access. Yeah, I don't have it. And um, if you want to get it and you have like a streaming service and you don't pay for regular cable, you're gonna have to get Sling TV in order to have access to Access TV. Is it on? Um, what is it on? Is um, it on anything? It's, no. on, it's only on Sling TV, and then I think it's on Dish Network, and I think you can get it through Time Warner, or rather, what's it called, Spectrum now? Spectrum. Um, I think you can get it through Spectrum. Hold on, let me see if I can Google it. Because it has to be... In your your area, you have to see if it's available in your area. Let me see. Find Access TV. One, two, three. Okay, here are the providers. They have it on AT&T, AT&T TV, AT&T TV Now, AT&T UVerse, DirecTV, Dish Network, Philo, Sling TV, Spectrum, and VidGo. So streaming-wise, they have it on AT&T TV Now, Philo, Sling TV, and VidGo. If you get cable, then you can get it on AT&T TV, AT&T UVerse, DirecTV, Dish Network, and Spectrum. They need to switch to a different channel. Yeah. They need to pitch to to a different channel. They should go back to Sci-Fi, but Sci-Fi don't want them. They didn't change their whole regime. Yeah, sci-fi. Sci-fi is very weird right now. So. Wait, Wait they don't have a TV show. TV show on there. Yeah, they're more like horror, 
Well, I mean, that is their concentration, but they just straight up want only, like, horror and, like, sci- uh, sci-fi, obviously. And yeah. stuff like that on there. They don't want nothing else on that show, on that station. I didn't even know Impact was on sci-fi. I knew, like, WWE was for a while. Oh, yeah. They were on Spike. They were on Spike. They were on Spike. Yeah, and Spike is now Paramount. Jesus. Um... But besides that, the match was also really good, too. Um, the Motor City Machine Guns end up coming out a little bit um, right after the match because North was talking shit, and um, they called them out, and they are have to have a championship match for the Impact title, Impact Tag titles um, today. Which and I'm going to have to play right now. I think, honestly, the North retain. I don't know. They, they might have lost. I don't know yet. Um... <laughs> Also, the, and then we also had Deanna Prazo and Jordan Grace mm-hmm. um, for the Impact Women's Championship, and Deanna actually ended up pulling the W, so she, she was the second title change of the evening, and it was just, it was a really good, it was a really, really good match, like, Deanna really showed her ass. Like, she was really out here working, and I watched, she was on um, IWTV, it was like, it was not so long, not too long after she was released, and they were kind of like, she was getting interviewed, and then they were also showing, like, some of her stuff from the indies, and I was like, I never paid, I knew who she was on the indies, but I never paid attention to her, really, Mm -hmm. and that's a dessert, that's myself that I did the service to. Because she was really, really good. Um, what I'm a little concerned, I, what I was a little bit weirded out, I think this is maybe the first or second title defense Jordan had. Yeah. It was, she hasn't even held it that long. So I think, it, so I just thought it was weird for her. They basically made her a transitional champion because Taya held it for so long. Mm-hmm. So I want to know, is there something behind it? Or they maybe thought she wasn't really doing nothing with it. And they were like, you know what? We'll just put on Deanna. And she could hold it. And she's, I saw a little bit, a clip of her earlier. And she was, she's killing it. So good for her. The title, not as long as uh, Taya. But I thought she had it for a good amount of time. Taya had... Ty had it for like a year. Right, but I thought when Jor- when Jordan won it off of her, she's had it for like a few months at least. Yeah, but that's not that much compared to how long she's had it and how long they don't it's not they're not like WWE where someone has like a title for like a couple months and hold it like people they hold it for a significant amount of time. Not so much as long as a year. That's usually, like, when they, like, really, really like someone. But they at least hold it for at least six to eight months at least. Mm. That's why they don't have so many um, Impact Women's Champions, because they hold them for so long. They don't play hot potato with championships. So that's why I was really taken aback when she won it. I was like, were they not feeling her? I was like, because that's why I was weird. I was like, this is so weird. I'm like, don't. I was like, this is the short. This that's probably the shortest title reign 
I remember seeing from Impact in a long time on a women's side. Hmm. So I, that's why I have some questions. I have to do some research about it. Um, what's it called? What's his nuts? Um, then we also have <laughs> had the open, the championship for the open. Um, for the Open Impact World Championship, and just a little tidbit, so the Impact World Championship isn't the one that they had before, because apparently um, Tessa refused to mail it unless she got like got paid out for it. Mm-hmm. So she like asked for like uh, like 150k or like something like massively insane to mail it back so that is a completely new championship belt still has the old belt and she still has it so um they had so in the in the match end up obviously being surprises um rich swan was the first big surprise he ended up being the fourth mystery entrant and people thought he was going to be out for injury for longer so it was him Trey, um, Trey from the Rascals, Ace Austin, Eddie Edwards, and um, Eric Young end up popping up. Eric Young looks fucking crazy. Yeah, he, looks <laughs> fucking, he looks insane. Um, and not to drag on too well, that match was also really good. It was a lot better because I don't like five ways a lot, and I usually don't like them at all for like championships like that. But the way everyone flowed and it was like very cohesive and wasn't like it wasn't like a jumbled mess, and it just went very 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 well. Um, Eddie Edwards being um, end up winning. This is his second world title in Impact, so much much deserved. Um, he ended up getting um, attacked. Oh, who, some some jackasses. Somebody came out. Um, Ace Austin and um, what's that? Was that dude's name? Madman Fulton end up attacking Eddie Edwards, and then the Good Brothers end up coming out and saving Edwards. You know, they like have a beer and just like do do dude man things. <laughs> and then like there was some video cat package for EC3, but that was like the least surprising thing that happened. So it's like whatever. But um, all in all, like, um, the match, the pay-per-view itself, I know there was a couple people who were like, eh, it's like, okay, I thought it was really good. I haven't been watching, and, the, and, and also these are people who've been watching Impact Weekly for the past few weeks. I have not, so maybe if I've been watching it weekly, I would have been like, okay, I think the weekly shows have been better than the pay-per-view, but, it, like, it was still good. I thought it's my pay-per-view of the year so far. From what I've seen, that was a better, like, way better show than Extreme Rules. That's why I was mad this came on before, and I was, I already knew, and I hate, and I don't like doing that. Like, I try to keep an open mind with, like, everything, and I was like, I don't, I have a feeling, I was like, I'm not going to like Extreme Rules, and I don't want to, like, because this was so good. And I was like, and I oh, there's always problems with extreme rules for me, but it was I hate it. I it was so good. Everyone good, um, and then like pick impact is picking up the right people to help. Um, a lot of the people that they got 
um, used to be at Impact or at least were within the circuit, so it makes sense. So obviously, like Eric Young and EC3, um, good brothers, obviously familiar with like the New Japan and like stuff. So that's like adjacent. So like that works. Um, I don't know what they're doing with Heath Miller. As long as he keeps getting being funny and jacked, I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and Deanna's just just killing it, killed it in that match, and made her a hundred believe hundred percent believable like why she should why she should have why she did just literally just walk in kick ass and take names and become impact women's champion okay still sounds like a better show than extreme rules it was and i and i recommend people if you didn't watch it the slam reverse i would watch it I'm glad TNA had a good show. Um, and it sounds like it was better than Extreme Rules. So it was way better than Extreme Rules. I'm all for, I'm, I, I really, really want wrestling to succeed on all accounts. So I'm, I'm disappointed in WWE, but I am very happy for TNA. So you need to watch out. Captain's coming mm-hmm. in hot in the third quarter. They are not playing with y'all. But I'm fucking around. They ain't gonna be the joke, the joke, uh, co- the joke company anymore. Oh hell no, that's Ring Honor. Ring, Ring Honor is this year, all, the in, all the way in Clowns, Clownsville, USA, or Canada, where the fuck they're based at. Oh, okay, time to move on before we get in something else. Um, Gallows and Anderson were on, um, on podcast and they talked about. Um, they, everybody who's released can now speak freely. They're no longer bound by the contracts. They can do whatever they want. And so Gallows and Anderson were the first outside of FTR to speak about the experience of being over in Saudi and to talk about their experience with, um, being released from WWE, the situation with AJ Styles and all of that. Now, Nicole has a better understanding of what happened when it can't, what they spoke about because she actually listened to the podcast. I don't, I'm not sure if Alexis did. If you did, I'm my apologies. Me personally, I didn't listen to the podcast. I didn't get the chance to, but, um, Nicole can start it or if no Alexis listened to it, you can start it and I'll just chime in from what I know. It's all in the hole. Unfortunately, I've had some family stuff I've had to take care of this week, so. Uh. I wa- I listened to that while I was, like, prep cooking and, like, cooking and eating and stuff like that. So that was, like, a whole, like, literally of me doing stuff. But um, it was a talking shop, which is, like, their um, podcast. So they had them. It was them two, Ryan Satin, Gross, and um, Ricky Romero, or Rocky Romero, popped in eventually. And so um, they talked about a very, very lot of things, and I'm just going to try to paraphrase so it's not on, because it did, they covered a lot of stuff. So um, kind of the main point is, is that, so, I'll start with the Saudi thing. 
So he talked about the Saudi thing and it was kind of echoing like basically what FTR said, like how they were just like sitting on a plane for forever and like, and then they were getting told different things. And then um, Anderson said that he legitimately, it wasn't Mark, it was someone else or it might've been Mark. And he like asked like one of the like talent people, he was like, yo, like, are we in a hostage situation? Like what's going on? He's like, no. And he just walked off and he was like, well, whatever. <laughs> and then... Mm. Um, they were, they were very like, and then gallows and I felt really bad. So during this time, um, gallows, gallows was more so upset because he was supposed to be home because he was supposed to be proposing to his now wife. Oh, he had things set up that he was supposed to be proposing to his wife during this time. And also, like, again, because they were, like, they didn't know about the situation. So he's, like, he's, like, dude, he was, like, I, I don't know who he said he texted or he was texting somebody. And he was, like, God, and he was, like, if I, he was, like, if I don't fucking make it, he was, like, he's, like, yeah, I, I know I'm supposed to propose to her, but can you pawn that ring and just give the money to my son? Worst case scenario, if something oh. happens. Wow. And, um, and then Anderson said that, yeah, he was like, I don't know what's going on. So that's, and he said, he's he like, I texted my wife and he was like, I just told her, Hey, just tell the kids I love them. I don't know what's going on. And he was like, and then once we like really started like looking around the situation, he was like, it's not the people themselves here. He was like, the people themselves here are very nice. And they were kind. He was like, it's just their government and the regime is just so fucking corrupt and not reliable I'm not trustworthy, which uh, he's 100% correct about. He's like, it's not the people that live there. He was like, is their government is, is garbage and they're not, you know, you don't know. But he was like, at the same time, he was like, we can't. He was like, are they really going to kill all of us here? He was like, that would legitimately start World War Three. And then he was like, and then people were, he was just talking about like, the issues people were having because they were like, oh, they, they're taking the favorites over and stuff like that. Because you know how that rumor was getting about. And he said a lot of that was because, like, the guys, like, certain guys were being, like, really shitty and, like, catty and stuff. When he was like, it, it really wasn't like that. They were trying to take people who were supposed to be on SmackDown. I knew it. Asian stuff. He said he it wasn't it. people. And he was like, and quite honestly, he's like, I was looking around and he said, I was like, he's like, Cain Velasquez is here and like Randy Orton. And he was like, someone else. And then Doc Gallows, he's like, so yeah, I know they weren't going to kill us with Randy Orton here. Oh, shit. <laughs> he was like, and he's like, so he's like, as soon as like we realized that, he was like, it was just whatever. And so he's like, we just like went to the seafood buffet again and like got some sleep. And then. He's like, I chugged as many wines as I could until I passed out when we got in the air. Jesus. But um, also on top of that, they also talked about, um, because obviously everyone remembers when their contracts were up. And they were talking about how they were in talks with um, a bunch of people. They were in talks with um, Impact also during that time. They were in talks with AEW, with New Japan, with literally everybody and their mom was 
reaching out to them, literally everybody and their mom. Mm-hmm. They were going, they met with AEW a couple times. That was where they were thinking they were most likely going to go because of like the story and all of that. So basically, I don't know what tag team showed up at the end. So um, it turns out also they were supposed to be in the inner circle as well. Instead of Ortiz. um, Instead of Ortiz and Santana. Oh, that makes sense. Um, So, and they were so hot I think this, the angle was supposed to be really cool and they were supposed to like pop up. Um, at the end of Dynamite, two sweet young bucks beat the shit out of them. I was like, I would have loved that <laughs> on various levels of just really appreciated that. That's why I'm very upset with AT- FTR for not doing it yet. Just beat them up. Also, shout out to FTR while we're talking about tag teams. I sent you guys that article. Yeah. And FTR was talking about how they've been more educating themselves on Black Lives Matter, Black issues, and how that affects their friends that they have that are Black. Thank and how, and I really like how, where they're donating their money, because they're donating it to, commu- to within their community, that's helping. Thank mm-hmm. you for that. It's very, I, you, um, and then I'll, I'll probably, I'll post this in our stories or something. For or I'll tweet it so um, everyone can read it and it's just very interesting and also they were talking about how they are like they know it's a stereotype of southern people especially southern men to like be a certain way or to have certain viewpoints and they don't have those so they're doing as much as they can to show support and they were basically like if people don't like it or quote unquote our fans don't like that then we don't need them I don't give a shit basically well thank God for that mm-hmm so shout out to FTR, buy their shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees. I'll send a link. I'll buy a shirt whenever they go on sale again because I've been buying too many shirts. I need to stop. Um, <laughs> but back to the Good Brothers, and there was also a good point. So um, AJ did not get bullied backstage. No. He did not, and I think we said that before. We're like, I can't like AJ's too old for that okay. so Paul Heyman being Paul Heyman just being mm-hmm. a little dirtbag and being sneaky was just basically it's, it's just super, super intricate but at the end of the day he was just being like really shitty so I guess he told them was like if I he's like if I fuck you over or I do something messed up he's like you I give you permission you go on Twitter whatever you bury the fuck out of me if I um, if I do you dirty and he was like, and let them, let the guys in the back know that they can't trust me. And he was like, so this is us telling you guys there in the back still that Paul Heyman's dirty and yep. don't trust him. So it turns out the original list for the people to let go, the gals Anderson were not on it. No, they weren't. Mm-hmm. They were added on there by Paul Heyman and others. Right. Because they felt as though um, Gallows and Anderson were getting paid too much money for what they were doing. So it's so when that really bothered me, I was like, well, first of all, 
I was like, you guys are the ones who do the booking. So what they do and not do is your fault. Thanks. So I said that that's that sound. I say that's that's just a whole. That's like that's just a mess. And it, he said and also kind of went in with um, and he I and I think and that he and they didn't want to really touch on it too much because they're like we're not trying to like you know like be catty and stuff. But he was like you know people talk and we hear people when they talk shit about us behind the scenes. Um, mm-hmm. by he's like various people who like we who know like who we know who tell us stuff who are basically like being shitty because of because during the contract negotiations especially with like them potentially going to AEW they got offered a quite a bit of money and there was like some people being like jealous and petty about it and also getting when this was kind of like rumblings, we're kind of also getting in Paul's ear about this. Mm-hmm. So it was a combination of Paul Heyman being Paul Heyman and people being dirty and jealous backstage and feeling like they shouldn't really, they don't really deserve what they were getting paid because they felt because they weren't. And that's what they were saying. And there's like, this isn't everybody back there. But he was like, there is like a quite a bit of mentality of the people. He's like, and it's he's like not really with the younger kids. He's the younger kids are a lot better with this. He's like about the people who came over from the indies or from other companies. Like there's just like a certain attitude towards them with like the old like with the older crowd. And he was in there and he basically went in how talking about how when he's like, he was like, I honestly don't think Triple H knew who the fuck we were when they signed us, to be completely honest, because this is when Triple H was really ahead of, like, talent or whatever the hell he was doing prior to getting demoted. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I think they were so worried about signing aging styles. They were like, well, we'll get these two, too. He's like, I don't think they realized, like, how much accolades we had until whatever down the line. No, that sounds about right. Yeah, I think that sounds completely right. Yeah. I I never heard of Gallows and Anderson as a tag team before they came to the WWE. And then, like, it's right off the bat, they try to make them... It's kind of the same thing they did to the Revival. Like, they were made to be this dominant tag team, and then they became nothing but a joke act. Yeah. And which is a disservice to them because it's like, why would you get this? And they were just basically talking about how like the tag division is like, you know, not even like a real division and it's not. And how he was saying, and they were saying how they don't, they didn't care about the tag team titles because someone was like, well, we were making sure you guys got the tag titles because so you can like say that you had them. And they were like, we, we don't care about that. We want to make sure we, A, get paid what we should, and to have good storylines. Which is like, we have tag titles from everywhere. Like, what the fuck does that matter? Thanks. And before anybody says anything, the Dudley boys had tag team titles everywhere, too, and they still got better treatment than Gallows and Anderson. Facts. And... So he then that's what they said. It was like I don't care, and they were like we didn't care about title reasons. We just wanted to be in like good feuds and good storylines and like work. And he's like we just wanted to be on fucking TV. 
which they should have been. But at the time, the tag division was lacking, and, and I was always gasping, where the fuck are they? They could be using them. They're in the back. But they were so hell-bent on pushing the Usos and the New Day all the time. They lost sanity. They they really cut their they cut off their own tails. Yeah. Um, but it was basically that um, promises that they were supposed to be made to them that obviously like fell through, and especially for them. And that's what they said. Um, and also, this was a good tidbit, and I'll kind of move on from it. Honestly, I think you guys should re-watch it because it's just a lot that they talk about. It's a lot. Um, so, like anybody not like anybody who's listened to this, like if you have like a good time that you can just like either like working from home or like do like you gotta do some cleaning like put this on because it's a lot to unload um one of uh, also one of the main things that they pointed out so because of them not going to AEW they have a bit of heat over there mm-hmm. they did not name who is mad at them um, it's not the Young Bucks. I guess they talk to them and they're, like, cool with them or whatever. But there are a couple people so in the v, in the VPs who are upset with them and still are upset with them. And he was – and they were just saying, like, hey, like, we weren't doing it to be assholes. He's like, we thought it was a better – was going to be – he's like, we just thought this was a good fit for us at the time because he was like, we're not trying to wrestle for much longer. Like, they thought that was going to be their last contract. They were just going to go out in the WWE, and then that's it. And they were done. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, we just, that's what we thought it was going to happen. And obviously it didn't work out, and we had to readjust. And he was like, I regret not signing with AEW, but he's like, at the same time, I don't, because I didn't want to sign a, f-. they were trying to get them to fi- sign a five-year contract. Yep. And they still weren't guaranteed if they would, and they still wouldn't be able to work with New Japan. Nope. And that was, that was the big issue. They, see, AEW doesn't have a good rapport with and with New Japan. Even though they pretend they do. Right, but they don't. And the thing is, Gallows and Anderson want to be able to have the same freedom that Moxley has. So, Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, well, we could have, in their mind, signing with AEW seemed like the best aspect, seemed like the best ideal. And then the situation comes up where Triple H gets involved, and he's like, well, AEW's new, you know? So, you know, I'm thinking about your future and your kids. Like, you know for a fact this is a guaranteed paycheck here. Which, in a sense, he's right. There's no guarantee that AEW will be around within a year or four, a couple years from now, I don't think they're going anywhere, but monetarily, they're going to have to cut some expenses in order to be able to maintain themselves too. You know what I'm saying? So he was saying, well, if you can't, you, you have to think like that. So that's why they stayed because they were like, well, you know, he's kind of right. Like AEW's new could have this check going for us. We already got the money. You know, that's that was their thing. And then AEW, whoever in AEW is mad, which I imagine it probably, Tony Khan is probably one of them, allegedly. And um, 
I, I don't know who else it would be, but I still I think I, it's I think it's Kenny because when somebody that they are friends with. I don't think they were ever friends with Cody like that. They the young bucks were salty at first, but I guess they talked and they're cool. But I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's Tony Khan. I'm pretty sure it's Kenny. I can see that. Wouldn't surprise me. No. And that's what they were saying, and they're like, we don't want to have like you know like a bad rapport, and they're like it was business, and that's why I think it's very immature for those people to be upset with them because it's business. AEW trying to make themselves, you know, they're making this the people behind the scenes of AEW is making it very hard to watch the actual product. I can't. I. I'm not gonna go into an AEW tangent tonight, but like, they. they I'm just gonna say something my mom used to tell me when I was a kid. Okay, they're mad, but you know what? They got the, the same pants. They can get happy in, so they can shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think that's very petty and childish to be holding so much. It's shit's business. I'm like, this is a business at the end of the day. And also, like, these people have children and wives and, and like, families have to, and house and mortgages and shit that they, they have to pay for. Like, come the fuck on. It's interesting to me that y'all would be mad that it's, okay, let's say, for instance, for the sake of argument, it is Kenny Omega. How can you be upset with Gallows and Erickson for wanting to stay in WWE where they know they have guaranteed money? When you left New Japan high and dry... You didn't tell them you were going to resign and you tore your jaws with them. You have no issues with the way you behave and how you conduct your business, but you want to tell somebody else or be upset with them about how they conduct theirs. At least they let you know that they weren't coming. I don't think you can say the same thing. So we're going to move on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I, yeah, everyone... The whole Saudi story was a, was a lot funnier than it should have been. <laughs> Just how they told it, because like Gallows, because I don't know. Apparently, Gallows drinks of like is a wine aficionado now for some reason, which is funny because he drinks beer and like is his character. Well, he does drink beer too, but he's just like always drinking red wine for some reason now. Ugh. He was just just talking about how he just wanted he just just wanted to go in the air so he can drink wine. Jesus! <laughs> like he was like, I just want to have a glass of red wine. He's like, that's literally all I want. That is some chick shit right there. It was it was just so funny because he's just this big huge dude and he's like, I, I just, just want a fucking glass of wine. <laughs>
And it's also to get me to stop running my TV at night. And that's a whole nother thing. But that's besides me having sleeping problems. And they have their friend Ryan on there. who's He's literally only on there just so he can steer the conversation in a cohesive manner and make sure they're just not running off in tangents. And so that's basically like what Ryan sat and did. So, or what he did. So even though he's annoying... I mean, he did good in that, so, you know, good for him, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I think, yeah, I feel like everyone should um, listen to it. And I just really liked how honest they were of two. And um, especially, like, they are, like, they're very in-depth about how um, the release happened and how, and um, I think this is the most in-depth we've had about how this about what all goes into that yeah so um and then i'm sorry i just i just want to say this and we can move on so basically um basically they said like talent has an app Mm. and like it's just like everyone's connected on the app and then it got this notification and then like vince was like blah 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 like you know whatever bullshit and and then they were talking to people and they were like, you know, and they're literally just hot from that really good um, WrestleMania performance. Like, right. that was their last appearance, last match, everything. And, and they were like, and people are like, oh, you guys are fine. And he was like, and then Gal, and then Anderson said that he was like, you know, I was just having like, you know, he's like, I was just like having a good day. He was like, I was fucking feeding my kid, feeding the baby, you know, just hanging out with the baby. And then he was like, he got a call from Carano and he was like, and he, well, they left or it was like a lot more that happened before then. He's like, Carano calls him. He was like, he's like, hey, he's like, I just left a little bit ago. What's going on? And he was like. Um, he was like, no fucking way. And he's like, are you serious? And he's like, I'm sorry. He was like, it's not your fault. He's like, I, I, he's, I'm just going to hang up. Wow. And it was just, and then, um, and, and then also, and the like, um, Gallows like elaborates, but it's, it's crazy. And I'm like, and it's just, and like, the more you hear about it, and it just made me more and more angry. Like, the more I was like, the more in depth they were getting about it. I was like, this, that's so trash. Like, I was, the situation itself was trash, but like, hearing this, I was like, this is fucking disgusting. The way they handled it, it's just. The way they handle it is fucking disgusting. It's piss poor. Mm hmm. All right. Like you can't, you can't do that to me. Oh, it was just so horribly. Oh, I could. Oh my god, that's making me mad and thinking about it. Ooh, Lee, I know Leo's is gonna be. Where's he at? Uh, Ain't nobody interview him yet. No, uh, but he Twitter telling everybody. Okay, so. That's this that, the point. But yeah, let's move on to something else. But yeah, everybody this, listen to that. This. Thank you so much for sticking it out with us at Down for the Count. So we're just taking a little commercial break to let you guys know that we are on two social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter. You can hit us up there with any news that you want us to discuss, any topic that you want us to discuss. We got you. Just send it to us. We are all for people. Well, sometimes. 
sometimes. <laughs> anyway, so make sure you guys stick with us at Down for the Count, and we're going to continue on with our show. They um, put out, it was a press release put out that said NWA Power was in limbo. They had just lost one of the executives, of course, because of the Speaking Out movement, and they didn't know what was happening next. And rumor had it that NWA Power was shutting down. So the head of NWA Power came out and put away, put those rumors to bed and said, no, that's not true. We're not shutting down. They're just taking their time about coming back and trying to figure out what's the next step to bring NWA Power back. So NWA Power is kind of similar to where NXT is. They are in, I mean, NXT UK, they're a little in shambles. They lost their executive. They lost, you know, some wrestlers, and they're trying to figure out how they can work this out. They did take the necessary steps by closing their doors and sitting down and talking to talent and figuring out how they could make the environment safe for their superstars. What, what do y'all think NWA Power should do? I think they're doing what they should be doing, what a lot of companies should have done. Mm-hmm. And I think they're, and I think they're going to be fine eventually. And I think it's smart, honestly. Like, what's what's the rush? You can't have people in still. So might as well work on what they can, fix any internal issues, set things up so it this issues like this doesn't rise. Whether it be with racism and the speaking out movement and all sorts of a million and a million and a thousand things. I think it's correct steps, and I think they're going to come back better for it. So, I I mean, that's all I really have to say about that. What about you, Alexis? Um, I agree. I think they're doing the right thing. Um, also, I know we did it last couple shows, but shout out to Billy Corgan for shutting Dave Meltzer down as quick as he fucking did and being completely classy about it as he did it. Um, cause Meltzer, Meltzer was the one who reported that NWA was going under, they were closed enough for good people. They were telling people they could leave. And then Billy Corgan just gets on Twitter and it's like, Hey, so, um, I am the owner of NWA and this is news to me. Like the way he did it was, was amazing. Um, they, uh, they're doing the right thing. They have time to sit. They they have time to sit back and be like, okay, how are we gonna recover from this? How are we gonna make our athletes feel safe? How are we anybody who ever wants to come wrestle for our company? How can we assure them that they'll be safe? That they're we're not gonna have predators and pieces of shit running around here, and um, so we can try to at least get back to somewhat normalcy because after the speaking out moment, our movement has happened, whatever we considered normal in wrestling anymore is out the fucking window. There is no more norm from the old. This is a brand new fucking day. And I think a lot of companies need to sit down, especially any company needs to sit down and be like, what are we going to do? How are we going to handle this? NWA is not going anywhere, which I appreciate. And honestly, Billy, if you're listening, just hire Nicole. She would do a great fucking job. 
you. Yes, I need a job. I need a. Do you guys have insurance there, or is everybody independent contractors? Uh, <laughs> I'd be behind the scenes. I would get insurance, so that don't matter. They could be in the dependent contract. Actually, no, they need insurance. That's not funny. I need insurance. The whole but, country needs insurance. You're right. The whole country needs a fucking miracle at this point. Um, but I think they're doing the right thing. I think Billy Corgan is really showing his leadership skills that he does care about this company and um, he wants to see it succeed. So whatever their next step is, they already know who who they who they don't need around. So now they need to really know, think of who they want around. Because I really have a feeling Cornette. He's not he's not as gone as I thought he would be after all this came out about him. But I I bet you anything Cornette sniffing around there right now be like, hey, so yeah, I know what I did was bad, but look what the other people did. Don't don't bring don't bring him back. Please don't bring him back. That's all we're asking. For the love of God, don't bring Jim Cornette back. Tiff, what do you think? Um, I think NWA Power is being very smart. I think that they're trying to protect the integrity of their company, but also ensure that their wrestlers understand that they're willing to make sure that they're protected too, even if it means protecting them from the very people who run the company. Um, I think it's smart for you to take a step back. COVID-19, even though it is horrible, it does give you that option to be able to say, okay, we're not going to be on TV. We can kind of revamp and rework some things and then come back better than ever. And I think that WWE and a lot of AEW, TNA, all of them could take a page out of um, NWA Power's book. They are putting their wrestlers first. And if you're not concerned with the safety of your employees, whether they're independent contract workers or just in general employees, then you don't care about your company. And that proves that they have integrity, that they are respectful, and they're somebody worth coveting. So as far as I'm concerned, I see nothing wrong with this. I think that shutting Meltzer down was highly smart because Meltzer has a tendency of spreading bullshit. And because he's Dave Meltzer, people believe him over everything. Like he's some fucking wrestling god. I think they're doing the right thing and they need to stay the course. Find an executive who can do what needs to be done to make sure your company can run smoothly and then figure out a way to bring NWA power back and still make it the great program that it was. And that's all you can do. You got plenty of time. Nobody's rushing you. Um, WWE Network is supposed to be bringing independent wrestling to the network. Now, I am confused as to how this is supposed to work. But I do know that we talked about them purchasing Evolve a few um, episodes back. And we also talked about... Um, how they were supposed to, um, how we didn't know how they were going to incorporate Evolve into the WWE. We were afraid they were just going to kind of eat them up like they've done previous territories. And I'm curious as to what they mean by 
they're presenting independent wrestling on the network. I'm not sure exactly what that means, so I'm going to try to look it up to make sure I have some clear information on what that means. I'm just confused by it. Yeah. I mean, good for them for adding more content. I think that's a good idea, but they need to flush that out so it makes more sense. Now, and, uh, 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 oh my God, sorry, keep yawning. Um, also, the network is a lot like Hulu. It's a very hard to work and to find things. Yeah. So they need to fix that. Yep. I'm going to need Hulu to get that shit together because on the computer, I can group all of my TV shows. Like, all my TV shows are grouped together. Like, if I record Family Guy or American Dad, that's all grouped into one section. But on the damn TV app, I got American Dad from last year all the way down at the bottom and it's eating up my DVR space. I also need y'all to fix it so don't record every fucking American Dad and every TV show. Like, just let me decide what I want to record, please, so I can watch TV in peace. I'll be sitting here deleting fucking TV shows all day, and by the time I get done doing that, I don't even want to watch TV no more. I just turn this this shit off. I just be like, fuck it. I don't want to watch this. Anyway, the WWE Network is going to roll out that tier system. Now, I told y'all some months ago that the WWE Network is going to be changing, and they've already started to implement the changes. There is a free prescription for the WWE Network for certain shows and certain um, documentaries and stuff. It's free. The tier service that we pay for is our premium service, which allows us access to other shows and, of course, the pay-per-views. Now, I don't know where the independent wrestling will end up, but I know it's probably going to be in the premium or platinum service. Platinum service is going to be $14, and they haven't rolled that out yet. But they claim that WWE has relationships with some indie um, promotions, which is WXW, ICW, and Progress Wrestling, and they've added Evolve. So I imagine that they're going to be utilizing these smaller promotions and allowing them to either play their old and past shows on the network or they're going to be creating new content with them and allowing the companies that allowing the people who are running it to be working under the WWE banner. That's the way it looks. They don't know when they're going to roll out the tier system for that or when this independent wrestling will be brought to WWE Network. There has been no guarantee, but they say with over the next couple of weeks, there should be an announcement coming explaining the new addition to the network and what we need to look out for. So what do y'all think? It's a monopoly. I, I, I don't get it. I mean, I can't, like, are they doing it so they have, the promotions have more of an audience, like, especially, like, prog- or Evolve and Progress? Like, oh, Evolve is dead. Um, 
Yeah, that's right. They killed it. Never mind. Um, I just I, I think it's smart. So this is the only time I won't be mad about them doing something with indie promotions because it's smart. Because my thing with the network, and I I I will and I just I've really started to been thinking about that. I think the network really needs to focus more on its catalog because it has such a great accumulation of wrestling in general, like so much. And I think that should be their concentration when they're marketing the network, not like these weird brand new shows that they want to pop in. Like, yeah, like right along is cool like that. Like, yeah, like pop those up. But I think they really should concentrate on concentrate on how much they have within their catalog because would it are like when you think about it like especially like what would you be more interested like seeing whatever dumb bullshit show they have on there or oh called or watching let's say I don't know or let's say watching like old OVW stuff so I think they need to figure out they need to market it better they need to fix the layout it's so horrible I have such a hard time finding shit on it I don't like it what do you think Alexis are you good I I just I don't like it because it just makes the WWE even more of a monopoly than it already is. I'm I'm just not getting a good vibe from it. I see what you mean. All right. Speaking of WWE, Stephanie McMahon was going to be a feature. Um, today is July 22nd, so she's going to be a feature today. On a show called, let me make sure I got it right. She's going to be a guest on a show called Ad Age Remotely on July 22nd. The segment focuses on current events and it's supposed to be showing how WWE is pivoting during the pandemic, hosting shows without fans, and how they're approaching systemic racism within the company. Um, According to the quote of what the show is supposed to be about, it says, in this live episode, senior editor Jeannie Poggy, I think that's how you say her name, I'm sorry if I mispronounce it, speaks with McMahon about how WWE pivoted amid the lockdowns that resulted in the absence of live audiences during matches. While WWE continued to host its matches, it found some innovative ways to bring audiences into the experience. McMahon will also discuss how these learnings will be applied moving forward, and also how the organization is addressing systemic racism. And it just goes on to explain what they talked about. And then there's a quote from her where it says, we're looking to partner with a few different organizations to make sure we are able to amplify and use our platforms the best way possible. We're not ready to make any formal announcements, but we're getting further down the pike in something that will be meaningful for our community. Um, She's also supposed to be returning to the female quotient panel on July 22nd. 
and they are supposed to put out the ad age remotely with Stephanie McMahon um, on July 22nd at 1.30 p.m. And that's going to be on Ad Age's YouTube channel, Twitter, and Twitch. The female quotient panel for July 22nd is supposed to be on women in the business of sports. So she's got a couple things coming down. What do you think about that? I give Steph's character a lot of crap on TV, but behind the scenes, she's she's just she's the one running that company. Let's get it. Let's just say it. Steph's the one. Like if she if if anything happened to Steph, I'm pretty sure the WWE would fall apart. I agree. Yeah, because the men over there don't know their head from their fucking asses. From what we know. I think it's Jesus good that Christ. they're that they're approaching systemic racism within their company. They definitely need to. Um, they need to dismantle it, and they need to start focusing on just doing better. Um, I also think that it's good that she's she's the one coming out and speaking about it, and I just, I'm willing to hear what she has to say about it. That's pretty much it. Now, if you guys don't want to talk about Joey Ryan, I will be forever grateful. I don't want to talk about him. I don't want. He's not worth the time he's or the not worth just just literally anything. I will say this: I don't like the fact that people are attacking Alley Cat. Um, <laughs> the email that um, I saw that Alexis sent in our group chat was disgusting. I I've never seen people be so vicious. Other than that, it's just Jay Lethal in Ring of Honor, and he's the same. I mean, Jay Lethal's been going on. I that shit with Jay Lethal and Taylor Hendricks, I heard a long time ago, like a very long time ago. So, again, that's like Chase and Rants, like. And like I think that's everyone, what everyone just ignored it. He was talking about that a while back, too, but he was going through his mental issues. Nobody was listening to him. Is there anybody in the locker rooms that aren't big pieces of shit? Is there anyone in the audience that's not a big piece of shit? Ollie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are some people who aren't, like, trying to... Not everybody in wrestling are dicks. Not all of them. Some of them. Well, that's all we got, folks. Uh, we ain't got no more. Apparently, with getting them, just want to talk about Alley Cat real quick. Um... Just some, I guess some fan emailed her. She has all of it up on her Twitter, and I really do recommend going to read it because it shows you how shitty people actually are. And, and um, fucking shout out to Alley Cat for having to put up with this crap and just keep coming for her for almost every single day for just her being herself. It blows my mind. Some of the, the she has emails and everything, and 
What the fuck is wrong with people, man? I don't know, but he's really disrespectful. Oh, this Alcada shirt is fire. Talk about her like that is just gross. 